That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Beat Physician Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Deanna Larson, internal medicine hospitalist and physician burnout life coach. I want this podcast to be your burnout Bible with topics to include anything and everything related to burnout. If you want to learn about burnout, prevent it, or overcome it, this is the place for you. I do want to give a disclaimer that the information and opinions shared here are for information and educational purposes only. They do not serve as medical or professional advice. They do not represent any medical or professional institution or organization. If you are truly ready to take control of your life and put these tools into actions, I am here to help. I have a free consultation call for any physician who is looking into coaching. Please sign up for a free consult in the link below. You are listening to the Beat Physician Burnout Podcast, episode number six. First, I want to tell you that my signature coaching program is open for enrollment. I used to wait and do quarterly launches, and then I realized that people don't just need help every quarter. So my team and I decided that we really want to be able to onboard anybody any day of the year that they decide that they're ready for help. So that's what we're going to do. So on my website, go under the services section and you can find out all the details of my program. But simply, I do a combination of one-on-one and group coaching. There's all the other stuff, CME, video modules, worksheets, but really I think that the coaching is the most important in my opinion. And all of the published studies show that it takes about three and a half hours of one-on-one professional coaching to show improvements in burnout scores. So that's the focus. I want to give just one quick announcement besides that there is a new way to get CME and you can listen to my podcast answer a few simple reflection type questions and in less than five minutes you can get an hour of CME per episode and so instead of basing the CME on the content that I give you they are now basing it on your reflections and what you feel like you've gained from it. And so you can listen to the podcast on any of the platforms, Apple, Spotify, whatever. And then you go to the link uh, to go to my podcast page and there's a section on CME and you just click that and you will have to register your name and your NPI number and you answer two questions. And it's basically something that you've learned from it or something you think that you're going to use in your practice. And I am charging you absolutely nothing. And you can actually do it even faster. You can skip my intro. You can listen to me on one and a half or 2.0 speed. You can earn CME while you're folding laundry, while you're exercising, while you're walking the dog. So I think this is going to be really nice. And okay, so now on with podcast. Today, we are going to talk about requests and boundaries. I covered manuals in the last podcast, and if you have not listened to that, please stop and go back because you really need to understand that concept in order to move on. I'm going to just cover it briefly here, but I'm not going to repeat the whole episode, obviously. 
So the definition of a manual is an invisible instruction guide we have for someone in our life on how we would like them to behave so we can feel good or happy. So if we uh, divide that up, there are three parts. The someone is often everyone in our life, our partners, friends, children, family, patients, even strangers like the, the driver in front of you. You have a secret way that you think that they should behave. And the how they should behave is the directions, the guides, the rules on how we would like them to behave. And then the last part is so that we can feel happy, good, relaxed, comfortable, or whatever feeling we're looking for. So the example that I used in the last podcast on manuals was that I want to feel good and I will feel good if my best friend calls me on my birthday. So I feel that a good best friend should call me on my birthday. That's my manual. And you can see that I already have some judgment about that because I've decided what a good or a bad friend is. I also have made this other person's actions responsible for how I feel. If the person does call me, then I'm happy and I make it mean that they care about me. If they don't call me, I make it mean that they don't care. And this is the most dangerous part about manuals is when we start to allow our happiness to be controlled by other people's actions. Okay, so that was the manual review. And now I want to talk a little bit about requests. So clients will ask me, well, shouldn't I be allowed to make a request of other people? Shouldn't my partner help me out around the house? And requests are just a little bit different. Requests are still something that you ask of another person, and it's absolutely fine to do that. But the difference between a request and a manual is that you can't have any attachment to the outcome. So remember, a manual is something that you wanted someone to do so that you could be happy. So you can ask someone a request that you want them to do, and they may or they may not do it. I mean, people are human. They have free will. The difference is not allowing your happiness to be based on someone else's actions. This is the catch. We can't change other people. We can't control them. And we just can't depend on them for our happiness. So here are some examples of requests. I wish my husband would take the garbage out. I would like my wife to be more romantic. I would like my boss to give me more praise. I want my girlfriends to call me back when I call them. It's okay to make requests like this of other people, but again, the problem arises when your happiness depends on their fulfilling the request. So the next topic is boundaries. Many clients are skittish when I talk to them about setting up boundaries because they're concerned it will damage the relationship. It's the opposite. When you learn to set up a boundary correctly, it will only strengthen your relationships and bring you closer. And we're going to talk about this later. A boundary is something you create for yourself when someone violates your personal or physical space. It should be needed to keep you out of danger or sometimes to protect your relationships. Suppose you draw your boundary like a property boundary, like draw a circle around yourself. And this is like drawing a circle around ourselves and our behaviors. And I like this visual because this technique will also remind you that we only have control over what is inside our circle. We only have control over ourselves and our own behaviors. A boundary has two parts. The first part 
is an ask you make of someone to change a specific behavior that infringes on your property, either your literal property or your emotional property. The second part is a consequence of what you will do to self-protect if they violate the boundary again. Tell the person what you will do if they do not comply with your request. And then the third part is what I call a check-in. Boundaries should come from love and to create a closer relationship. We want to make sure that we're not creating a manual. So we want to make sure that it is something to protect us or to protect our relationship. And it's not doing something to manipulate the other person or to make you happy. So here's an example of a boundary. I would say to someone, if you have been drinking, I will not get in the car. So my request is really that I wish to have a safe driver. And this is a boundary to protect myself from dying in a car crash. The request is very clear. But notice, I don't use the word sober in my request because, and and I use the words, if you've been drinking at all, because I decided not to use the word sober or drunk because it's very subjective. I'm sure we've all talked to drunk people that say, oh, I've only had three, I've only had 10, I'm fine to drive. And so it needs to be very clear. And so that's why I used, if you've been drinking at all, I will not get in the car. And also, I want you to note that the consequence is something that has to be 100% in your control. So I wouldn't say, you know, I'm going to push you out of the car. I'm going to take the keys away from you because that may not be something physically that I am possible, a possibility that I could do. So when and how should you set up a boundary? Before you set up a boundary, you want to be clear about what your personal boundaries are. So you can have physical boundaries and you can have emotional boundaries. So personal physical boundaries are usually easier to define. These boundaries need to be communicated only when someone has violated them. For example, most of us have a boundary that involves not tolerating physical violence. So we don't have to walk around telling everybody, by the way, don't hit me or I'll run and call the police. Personal emotional boundaries are sometimes more difficult. For example, do you allow people to yell at you? If not, what happens? Some people feel it's appropriate to have a boundary for this, and others don't. Sometimes when there are no clear social norms for these personal emotional boundaries, people may be unaware they have crossed it. Sometimes we don't even know we have a boundary there until it has happened once. In the moment, we let it happen because we are too shocked or surprised and haven't even had a chance to think about it or set up a boundary in consequence. Sometimes we think maybe it'll only happen once, it won't happen again, and then maybe we won't even have to address it. Once a boundary has been clearly violated, we need to communicate to the person that they have crossed it and clearly state the consequence if they don't stop. If someone comes and grabs your arm, they have violated a boundary. An example of a boundary consequence statement could be, you need to let go of my arm or I'm going to scream and call the police. By saying this, you are letting them know they have violated a boundary and what action you will take if they continue to do so. The boundaries are meant to protect you physically and emotionally, so you need to clearly communicate when a violation has occurred. And so if you did decide that you're going to set a boundary for yelling, it could sound something like this. If you continue to raise your voice at me, I'm going to leave the room until you can speak calmly. This ultimately allows the other person to choose how they will behave, but clearly describes what you will do if the violation continues. You make the request and then give them the option to do whatever they would like. And then you must follow through 
on your action. So when it's not a boundary issue, there's a lot of gray areas in here. Many people confuse requests with boundary issues. Boundary issues are for protection of your personal, physical, and emotional safety. Boundaries should always come from a place of love and to promote self-kindness. A boundary is not an ultimatum. It's not a way of controlling other people so we can feel better. Remember, that's a manual. And it, it never works, and it's completely disempowering and separating. People do not like to be controlled or forced. And the truth is that an ultimatum is actually a boundary violation on the other person. It's important to follow through with the consequences, which is a difficult area for many people. We worry about how the other person is going to react. But failure to follow through with an act accordingly sends the message that the boundary truly doesn't exist. Furthermore, if you let the behavior continue, you most likely will build up some kind of emotion such as frustration or anger or resentment. This doesn't foster an intimate relationship, but rather it can create unnecessary drama and conflict. So let's talk about the challenges of setting up a boundary. There's a lot of fear of setting up boundaries that we will lose the relationship because of the other person's reactions. A lot of times we stay in relationships that are based on lies, pretenses, and resentments. This prevents any true intimacy in the relationship. Having a conversation about a boundary can be uncomfortable and challenging. It's hard work, but it always makes our relationships the most true. We have to be willing to let other people interpret it how they will. It's difficult, but well worth it in the end. People who cannot find the courage to have conversations like this stay in relationships where they are pretending and then wonder why their relationships are not deep and intimate. Or worse, the relationship erupts in the end because of built-up resentment and hostility. And then we blame the other person, and it's actually our lack of having boundaries. Others don't have to understand or agree with your boundary, and you should be prepared for that. You set the boundary out of love for yourself, and sometimes it helps to tell people that. Remember the, it's about me, not you trick that we used to use to break up with people? Well, it also works here. For example, you could say, look, this is a boundary issue for me, and I'm not comfortable with this going on. If it does continue, this is what I'm going to have to do. I think you are wonderful and magnificent, and I value our relationship, so that's why I want to be clear and straightforward about this. Anytime you can make it about you and your feelings and make them feel that they are truly valued, it's going to come off better. You don't have to yell. You don't have to be angry. And then they get to choose to or not to be upset. I have so many clients that have better, more authentic relationships after setting boundaries. And the most important thing is how do we learn to give ourselves the happiness when we're not counting on other people to give it to us? And this is coaching. This is when we learn that we can create our own feelings and results. We don't need manuals or other people's actions to make us happy. And this is what I ultimately want to give you. Coaching teaches us how to figure out what we need to be happy, how to provide ourselves exactly what we need and cut everyone else out of the equation. Then your relationships become about enjoying the times that you are together. So I want to just check in really quick about how many downloads we've had. Um, as of this morning, it was uh, 818 downloads. Go, everybody. So I really would love it if you would subscribe, download, review, whatever you do on your platform. Let's get this out to people who need it. Thanks, everybody. 
Ahura Media Production.